What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The following podcast contains explicit language. We are, we are so happy to be here, but a little nervous too, because a few years ago, people were saying that Oscars were so white. And since then, some real progress has been made. Mm-hmm. But we, when we came yeah. out together, we know some of you were thinking, are the Oscars too black now? <laughs> but we just want to say, don't worry. There are so many more white people to come to. Mm-hmm. So many. We just came from backstage, yeah. and there are tons of them tons back there. Tons of them. Mm-hmm. And not just movie stars. Yep. There are white people walking around with headsets, yep. white people with clipboards. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm personally not a fan of white people with clipboards because I'm always wondering, what are they writing down about me? All right, y'all. This is Aisha, and it's Represent. And it is, as of this recording, it is actually the morning after. I've gotten very little sleep because we were covering the Oscars. The culture team at Slate was, like, going full force. We put up something like 17 posts between the culture team, and I contributed a couple. And I'm tired, but we are here to talk about the Oscars because it was a big deal. And I am so happy to have today, for the first time on our show... Chris Lambert. Hi, Aisha. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm so glad you like came out here all the way from Jersey City. No, well, it's Hackensack. Oh, Hack. Wait, yeah. where is Hackensack? Hackensack is right across the George Washington Bridge. Okay, so that's closer than. Jersey. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, they're they're about. Uh, Jersey City is about a half an hour from me south. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, people like it's like I just I live there, but I'm in the city all the time, and I like as a as a comedian, you you're all over the place. So mm-hmm. it's like some people say like feel like Jersey's another country. It does. It yeah, feels like but, it. <laughs> but it's it's actually nice. There's trees. It doesn't all smell bad. It's not it's not just the intro to the Sopranos. It's it's really nice. <laughs> well, as uh, you already alluded to, you are a comedian, you're an actor, you're also the host of the podcast The Mundane Festival. Yes. Which you've had me on quite a few times yes, now. Yes, yeah. Most recently we talked about Black Panther. So right. we'll, we can include some links to that uh, sure. later, but it's awesome to have you on and we're going to talk Oscars. Let's do it. So uh, it was kind of a big deal this this year. I think uh, one of the you know common refrains was that this year felt like there was so much more riding on it politically than there happened in recent years. Right. Um, it wasn't just about Oscars so white. It was also about the Me Too movement. Sure. Uh, it was about there were certain films that touched on the the culture wars, the um, the battle of quote unquote the fake news media. Uh, versus the presidential administration, if we're going to talk about the post, which was nominated. Although I don't think it actually won anything. It didn't win anything. Yeah, and it didn't really deserve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would I would agree with that. I uh, mean, it was a height, you know. Yeah, it but was fine. The pre- all the presidents, men. It was not spotlight. It was not. Right. But it was a. It was a. It was. It's a solid movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's. Obviously, we're going to talk about the best picture winner. I think there's quite a bit to say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fish monster sex movie by (laughs) Caramel de Toro. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, what are your, like, how do you feel about the Oscars in general? Like, do you watch it every year or are you more of a, like, you follow it, but it's not like you're, like, sitting by our TV glued? I'm always aware of it. 
I'm always I always like to make my predictions and I always like to watch as many of the films as I can. Uh, since I became a SAG member last year, I got a lot of the screeners. so I was able to catch them all. And um, it's 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 like my Super Bowl. It's like the actors Hollywood Super Bowl. I remember um, it's like maybe mid to late November, whenever Lady Bird had its wide release. Um, I remember skip skipping watching football to go see Lady Bird. Ah, that I I'm so glad you said that because yeah. I, I hate football and I also consider the Oscars my Super Bowl. Oscar is the most beloved and respected man in Hollywood, and there's a very good reason why. Just look at him. <laughs> Keeps his hands where you can see them. <laughs> Never says a rude word, and most importantly, no penis at all. He is literally a statue of limitations. So what did you think of Kimmel's speech? I I feel like he kind of so he opened it. And of course, he tackled, you know, the Me Too stuff, Uh the Weinstein, the all of the allegations that have come up. um, And and I think in some ways was actually pretty it was a pretty well done speech. Um, I mean, I feel like some of the jokes fell flat. And Jimmy Kimmel, I think I've never found him particularly funny. I think he's more of he we've seen him in recent like in the last year or so become very at, at, at his best when he's actually being really serious yeah. and, and talking about things on his show about like his his child's health health yeah. concerns and railing on the Republican Party for the terrible things that they're doing mm-hmm. with all of the the legislature and all of that but i actually you know i found him it wasn't the most memorable oscar speech i've ever seen but i feel like he did a good job of of poking at the things that he should have poked at yeah it was fine like i thought he did his job i thought he was good uh in in these uh turbulent intense times i felt like he delivered i wasn't you know doubling over laughing but i thought he did his job he handled it well like as a as a comedian like when you do think when you're in a situation like that yeah he handled his business yeah i mean if you're a comedian if you were up there and had to give a speech do you think that i mean granted there are a lot of things happening this is on abc it's Mm -hmm. network tv you have to kind of try to appeal to a wide audience but do you think he could have taken it further i I would have liked to have seen him take it a little further but I understand. I would like to think that I would have tried to push the envelope a little more. But the little bit that he had with the Oscar, you know, he he said, like, this is the this man that he doesn't even have a penis and he (laughs) keeps his hands to himself. It was was funny. You know, it was it was, you know, it's Disney. You Mm -hmm. know, he got he's getting those Disney checks. You don't want to do anything to, uh, you know, uh, to stop that flow coming in right right yeah so that happened but then for a while throughout the night it became about you know we had these people coming up and winning and for the most part it seems like most of the more political statements at least for the first half of the the night were mainly relegated to presenters and not to the winners so Mm -hmm. early on in the night we had um Sam Rockwell winning for three billboards outside why, of why, Missouri. Why'd you, why'd you have that inflection in your voice? Because uh, he won. Because uh, and you knew he was going to win. No, I mean that. So that I mean that was another thing is that like most of there really were no surprises. I think even when it came to Best Picture, it was like a toss up between two movies, and mm-hmm. one of the ones that everyone kind of assumed would win won. Um, but Sam Rockwell winning for that movie, it's just not. A good movie. Can you speak on it though? Like, what? Now, why? Because I know, like, 
it seems like there's black people don't like it for a certain reason and white people don't like it for a certain reason. And it seems like three billboards is white people's precious. Like <laughs> it's like you seeing like people like they're like, oh, this is because uh, I saw it because I saw it early on and I was like, oh, that performance from Frances McDormand was fantastic. Well, it, Frances, uh, the performances are great. And I think I think part of why the movie, and I will admit, I think I've admitted this before on this show if okay. I haven't, but I will admit that when I saw it, I've only seen it uh, once, mm-hmm. but when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is really, I was impressed. Like, yeah. I didn't see any problem with it. Um, but I do think that the performances are so seductive and so they're so committed to mm-hmm. their roles that they... For me, at least, and I think for a few other people that I've talked to who are willing to admit it, uh, it, it sort of entranced you and made you ignore the more um, problematic aspects of the movie. Now, speak on the pr- your the problematic aspects. Well, better people than I have 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 <laughs> expounded on this. Um, okay. I yeah. encourage people to check out Wesley Morris's piece mm-hmm. uh, from I think it was from last late last year where he talked about the ways in which a lot of the characters are used as props whether it's the um peter dinklage character Mm -hmm. peter dinklage plays like one of the town's people who like has a crush on francis mcdormand's mildred and he just kind of circles around her in this like way that like you don't really understand why he would be interested in her and attracted to her uh then there's also the black people the black characters who one of them is like she works her co-worker and then she gets put in jail but then she comes back and then nothing is really said of it and she's put in jail because um because the the cop is trying to force francis mcdormand's character to like stop pressuring her she's like this black person's going to go to jail until you straighten up and stop pressuring us to to investigate your daughter's rape and murder. And then she comes back and then it's like, "Oh, I'm back. I'm out." <laughs> it's like, I, I get it, but it's like they but see now the situations are just so implausible. I get it. I understand where you you're coming from and where Wesley's coming from, but it just seems like in this in this time now, it's like it has to like everything, every piece of art has to fit a checklist. No, and, no one's and like, saying Because if, if, if I was in, if I got cast as the black dude that helped her with the billboard, I would fucking love it. Okay, but you It would be great. But you're saying this as an actor. But no, but like, <laughs> you know what? I think people are missing the point. If people looked at this movie like an impossible white man movie, do you guys know what that is? I think I do. So like a, a shout out to my, my man Rod Morrow from the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. He came up with this term called the impossible white man where- it doesn't have to be you don't have to be uh, it can't be a superhero. Uh, it can't. It's a person that overcomes the odds regardless of how ridiculous things may be. But they overcome. Think Bruce Willis and Die Hard okay. or like just yeah. something like that. And if you looked at it as an action movie like Kill Bill, impossible white man movie, if you just look at Mildred like kicking ass and, you know, it's. It's a heightened reality, but when I look at it, if if we call this like our Super Bowl, you look at these people like athletes. You know, um, Francis McDormand. That performance was like to me like Russell Westbrook last year, his MVP season, where he was just it was just like a runaway runaway freight train. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, probably LeBron should always win, but whatever. But that performance was fantastic, and so that's what I look took from that movie. Um, and I said, okay, it's great performance. 
It's fine. I get it. That's fair. I it, Look, I am all for Francis McDormand having that award. Mm-hmm. And even Sam Rockwell, I don't think he should have gotten it. But Who should have got it? Um, you know, I would have been happy to see Willem Dafoe win for the Florida Project just because, first of all, that was the o- I think it was the only award it got nominated for. And that movie should have been in the Best Picture he, race. But he really like he was good. But if we're talking about if we're looking at him, if we're talking about this as a Super Bowl, he ain't really he ain't really do that much. See, that's where look, the the Oscars should not be for the most acting or the best acting. Otherwise, we'd always have Gary Oldman winning. He didn't already always win. Shit, he could have won for the contender. Like, what was that like 18 years ago? Okay, fine. Whatever. You know, I I just think that the 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 the, the smaller performances often get overlooked because mm-hmm. you think they're not doing as much. And the same thing with Daniel Kaluuya. You could argue that Daniel Kaluuya um, I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised that he got nominated for that. But I don't think people expected him to get nominated when he did. It was great because he's doing so much there with so like not not so little because obviously Jordan Peele like put so much into that. But it's that it's not easily de- detectable, at least not on the first, well, first he's, watch. Well, with 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 that character of Chris and Get Out, he's the vessel in which we consume everything that's happened the way that we're processing everything so the looks that he has everything that he did like he was great like so that performance but but that's best actor willem dafoe um he was good he's he was great in it but it was just it wasn't a it wasn't like that that scenery chewing moment like do you like the moment because when you do when you have these award shows and and they show the moment and the academy award uh, nominee for best supporting actor Chris Lambert and it's like he didn't have that you know what I'm saying like they showed a scene where he's what like telling the girl to to clean up or something it's <laughs> they, fu- they, they, they well they chose the wrong scene also I think they just they the moments were just too long in general that they were mm-hmm. choosing but that's that's a whole other thing but back to the the actual Oscars themselves mm-hmm. yeah um I do want to talk more about the the sort of political statements that we saw mm-hmm. in the night and you know S- Sam Rockwell did not really say he he didn't say anything uh political really at all he, he told like a very sweet story about like going to the movies and his his dad lying about something about his grandmother and he's like no we're just going to the movies i, I thought it was neat it I, was I sweet liked it. um but then you know we did have going back to Frances mcdormand mm-hmm. she had sort of the i think maybe the speech of the night or like one of the most like one of the ones that i think we're going to remember years from now because she um you know she did the whole thank you whatever but then she also uh, towards the end of her speech was like, I want all the women mm-hmm. to get up. Meryl, she was like, Meryl, if you do it, everyone yeah. will do it. And so every woman who was nominated, uh, I think, stood up. We couldn't see everyone, but, you know, you got glimpses of, of people like Greta Gerwig standing and, and Octavia Spencer. And, you know, she, she said, you know. Okay, look around, everybody. Look around, ladies and gentlemen, because we all have stories to tell and projects we need finance. Don't talk to us about it at the parties tonight. Invite us into your office in a couple days, or you can come to ours, whichever suits you best, and we'll tell you all about them. I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Inclusion rider. And I thought it was a great moment. And I really... It, it was it was a way, I think, to um, acknowledge all the Me Too stuff, 
But instead, like we've been talking about the Me Too stuff, and I think obviously it's very important to talk about the ways in which uh, the the trauma and the actual like acts that are the sexual acts that are being committed against these women. But at the same time, I really like that it kind of put the focus back on the work again and Mm -hmm. on the fact on the ways in which all of this, um, all of these really bad men and, and people in power are affecting not just them personally but also their careers and their livelihoods and how it can hold them back from you know getting the projects that they they should get get that should get made um for getting the funding the financing and so i loved that she she shouted that out and and made that a point of her speech yeah i like how she said don't do it tonight at the after party come give it a couple days because it's nice to have the pomp and circumstance during the ceremony but actually you know follow through yeah and then you give Kobe Bryant. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, but I mean, like it was allegedly, it was alleged, but it's like. Well, so yes, Kobe Bryant. Just so listeners know, Kobe Bryant was actually became the first ex NBA player to win an Oscar, mm-hmm. and he won for a animated short that he did along with uh, Glenn Keane, who's a very famous animator. He's done lots of Disney movies and is a very uh, well respected guy in the business and it's based off of the like 2015 poem i guess it is or like sort of love letter he to wrote basketball, yeah. to basketball when he retired and so it's it's i haven't seen it but from all everyone i know who's seen it they're like it's it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> like did, they showed it when he the, when they retired his two jerseys yeah. and it was like yeah you know okay he got two jerseys retired but he changed his number to 24 after he got caught cheating on his wife for, for those who don't remember and because i i actually had to like kind of look up the the facts of this again because i remember it happening but when when all this went down it was 2003 i was in high school so like i wasn't even really paying attention but um he uh, kobe Bryant allegedly ch- cheated on his wife although the woman he allegedly cheated on with actually claimed that she was assaulted like she she was mm-hmm. she was raped um and the the case was was very if you go back and read the details he obviously he always he denied it and or at first he also lied at first like he told investigators that he did not have sex with her but then he said actually we did have sex but i thought it was consensual and so the whole if you look back on it we we actually have a piece in slate about it today um that people can check out but if you look back on it it's sort of it it, it outlines all the reasons why women don't are hesitant to come forward mm-hmm. it's like that perfect case of like she was the 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 prosecution or the the defense just went after her entire backstory they tried to attack her character um she some of her stuff was inconsistent but she says that it was because she didn't think that they believed her at like the people who were investigating mm-hmm. her believed her and Look, he went on to have another, like, what, 12 years? He won a bunch of championships after that. Right. And, uh, but to see him, to see him get an award, and then also to see Gary Oldman win Best Actor for Darkest Hour, and he's been accused of domestic violence. And also, I'd forgotten about in 2014 when he was promoting, I think, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He went off on a rant. Uh, defending Mel Gibson for calling, uh, yeah. you know, for that whole anti-Semitic rant. He said, uh, quote, he got drunk and said a few things, but we've all said those things. We're all fucking hypocrites. Mm-hmm. The policeman who arrested him has never used the word, the N-word, or uh-huh. that fucking you. 
it's like it's I. Ugh. It's like it's like the the waters are murk with Kobe. I'll just say the waters are murky enough to be like uh, I don't know. And then this time where it's like he got double teamed by Me Too and Times Up, and he just dunked right over him for like getting like like it's just it's amazing. So with Gary Oldman, I mean. He was good. Like the movie wasn't that. Like I, maybe it's the fact that you actually can't tell that it's Gary Oldman because he completely isn't. He's in a he's in a fat suit. He's got like his whole face. He's this makeup stuff happening. Maybe that's what it is. I also just found that movie incredibly boring. It wasn't that good. But what I will say, what they should have, what should have happened, if you really, if you really want to keep it grimy, not grimy, but if you really want to keep it one hundred, Denzel should have won for uh, Roman J. Israel. I know people didn't like the movie. He was really good in it. If you talk about like building a character from ground up, like somebody that was on the spectrum, uh, autism spectrum, just a really great performance and keeping the sports theme is like LeBron losing in the finals, but he was great. You know, he lost. The movie's not that great, but yeah. that was a that was a really terrific performance. But yeah, like that movie Darkest Hour, it was a slog to get through. But I will say, shout out to the like two or three black extras that they had, and one black dude on the train that surprised me when oh, I saw it. Yes, yes. I was I, he had a couple lines. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I was impressed. Wow, yeah, for a British period piece. Hashtag black actors. I was impressed. <laughs> I was impressed. I will say though that it is a weird hodgepodge though mm-hmm. between having Kobe Bryant and Gary Oldman win, mm-hmm. uh, but then also obviously having Jimmy Kimmel making these jokes, having women like Salma Hayek and um, Mira Servino and all these women who have accused these men publicly uh, stepping up and saying and, and saying, you know, time's up, no more when this is all happening at the same time. And, you know, I think that so they had they they had this uh, sort of representation montage that happened mm-hmm. in, late into the night. And Salma Hayek was one of the presenters. Oh, Salma Hayek and Ashley Judd. And I forget who the third Annabella Shiora. Annabella Shiora um, sort of introduced this representation montage. And I actually I thought that Kumail Nanjani, who is nominated for The Big Sick, I think that he was probably like the highlight of it. Some of my favorite movies are movies by straight white dudes about straight white dudes. Now straight white dudes can watch movies starring me and you relate to that. It's not that hard. I've done it my whole life. You know, the the Oscars does this. They they pay lip service in many ways whenever things like this happen. Obviously, Chris Rock, when he hosted a few years ago in the midst of Oscars So White, that was a big thing. Right. Do you, uh, like, what did you think of that? Did you feel as though, like, in a way this felt different to me. It felt a little bit more organic just because unlike those previous years, we actually had people of color and more women nominated in categories they're not usually nominated in. Uh as opposed to those years before, like, w- did it feel? It was nice to see, but it felt like bullshit because Kobe and Goldman won, and you you leave out people that that probably should have got some some nominations. I, f- I feel like um, it just it just it just didn't ring true. 
You know, so it's just kind of like, well, well, what are we doing here? There was one Academy voter. I think it was in The Hollywood Reporter. They do this every year where they interview people right. about who they voted for. And one of the Academy voters it was anonymous, but they were just like, yeah, I saw Get Out. It's a fine like B movie. And but I didn't think it was that great. And then I remember being at a luncheon and Daniel Kaluuya was, quote unquote, lecturing us on race. And I was like, this isn't about Black Lives Matter. And I was like. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, it's, it's yeah. The, it's the constant struggle that, like, what and what Kumail alluded to was the fact that, like, as a minority, like, just at stripping away that I'm an actor or comedian, but I'm a, a fan of movies. We're asked every weekend to find humanity and to people that don't look like us, like, just off the rip, like that's what it is. And so when it comes time for us to be seen as people. You know, just as regular people, it's so hard for them to do. Yeah. And to me, that just it it doesn't because I went through that doing doing theater in Chicago where like black art isn't as appreciated unless it's at a certain theater. Steppenwolf. Uh, 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 or, yeah. or 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 uh, or the court theater where it's like right. every February they used to. I don't know if they do it now. There's a certain thing where like if you see black people in the past and it's it's good to empathize with these black people because that's in the past and I don't have to really connect with that. And I wasn't there. And then I could say, oh, I feel sorry for these people. And then I can leave the theater and clutch my purse when I see a black guy with school books mm-hmm. or walking by. Yeah, it's just it. it, it that's something that frustrates me a lot because uh it it just it just shouldn't be it just shouldn't be it's, well it sucks I I I want to bring that back to Frances McDormand's speech which we mentioned earlier because she ended her speech with uh, she said two words inclusion writer mm-hmm. myself and many other people went and googled it and inclusion writer is essentially um, the idea that you know uh, there's actually a great TED talk that we at Slate pointed out to um, and they explained that what it is, is it's when, you know, in any given show or movie, there will be dozens of speaking roles and maybe like about eight to 10 of them will be the main, like they will be the main characters and they mean like they have to be cast in a certain way. And then the rest of them, like they can be whatever you yeah, want. Yeah. And so if they can be whatever you want, you should, a, a writer, Actors, people in a position of power can um, make sure that those roles um, are cast the way that they would conceivably be. Like if you are in New York City, like you better be seeing not just straight white dudes or just white people in general. Like there should be plenty of people in the background. Uh, I've always like if you (laughs) if a Woody Allen movie had an inclusion writer, can you believe (laughs) how much like. (laughs) Somehow he manages to create New York City areas where there's not a single black person to be found. Um, one of my on his Amazon series, I had one, uh, a friend that that was on a black actor that was on his series. But yeah, it's uh, I, and I'm noticing that going in on auditions that it's it's like pretty much colorblind. Like this person can be any ethnicity and. So I'm I'm starting to see that yeah. that change and stuff. So that that is but colorblind good. feels different though, right? From like actually saying like we need these types of like it, I, I feel like with colorblind you can easily get into well we're saying it's colorblind but then like we might just still wind up with like a bunch of white people it's like with the advent of of a film like black panther i think it's a step in the right direction but as you and i have discussed are like are, is there going to be a follow-through yeah like you what, what you said you said you were 
you were optimistic. What did the term that you use? Oh, I pro- oh on your podcast, yeah. I probably said like cautiously optimistic. Exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like you kind of look at it like this is great, but you kind of side eyeing a little bit. Like what what are y'all really going to do? What's 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 gonna what's gonna happen? Right. Well, that leads me to the last uh, award of the night, which was Best Picture mm-hmm. and Shape of Water wound up winning, and I was just kind of like, meh. That that was a safe safe choice to to make. Um, it was fine. Yeah, I mean it it wasn't three billboards, so like you can't be outraged. And it was from a dreamer. Yes, it was from a dreamer, uh, mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Um, but at the same time, it like bringing it back to your point earlier about this movie was set in the in the past. Mm-hmm. It is filled yes. with nostalgia. It's set during the Cold War. The the allegories fit very neatly. You have Octavia Spencer's character playing. You know, she's the hardworking black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Richard Jenkins playing her, um, the gay best friend. Can we can we just say like her husband was just like the worst black <laughs> character of 2017 he was just horrible <laughs> what a horrible guy yeah uh, that uh, yes and and then you finally you have sally hawkins who mm-hmm. is playing a mute, mute. Yeah. woman uh and i just think that when you have it, it dealt with all of these things that we've been talking right. about me too you know race the queer representation uh, and even just like politics and russians like you know it had it had everything mm-hmm. But it 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 just felt like Get Out would have been such a more radical, out of the box choice. It would have been because it 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 deals with the here and now, and it doesn't let white people off the hook. And yeah, that's the thing where it's like, like it's good. Like I, it's like Issa Rae kind of spoke to this when she said, "I'm rooting for every everybody black," and that's something that. I think most people have carried with them when it comes to a lot of these these award shows. Um, but it's like I was surprised that they that the nominations came for the movie because it was a movie that came out in February a year ago. And yeah. it's sustained like that's wire to wire, like just being in the conversation for that long. It's it's um, it's incredible. Yeah. Um. So it's just like I was not surprised by that. Um. I just. I just thought like the nominations were kind of first first for some of them could have been they were bullshit because I felt like Tiffany Haddish should have gotten a nomination even if you were going to give it in a year where nobody was going to win it was a toss up between Metcalf and uh, and Janney, and Janney yeah. where it was like nobody was going to win if you really want just give her the nomination you had her all up in all up in the videos like doing the doing the little <laughs> mispronouncing uh, everyone's name <laughs> no, but yeah but yeah but you had her you had her there yeah. it's like put her in put her in the conversation in that way like yeah. make an impact instead of giving Mary J Blige a nomination to where it was like mm. like she really didn't like I'm like I will I know I know I'm at Chris Lambert don't at Aisha but if you really wanted to do something, you could have put Tiffany Haddish there. You take Mary J. Blige. I've already out. said that. I've gone I on the record and said that. I think said that before, too. You take her yeah. out. Maybe you even give Allison Williams in it. You even put her in there? I would have put Allison Williams there. I also would have loved to see Holly Hunter from The Big Sick in there. Yeah. Like, I just... That's great. Look, yeah. I... You know what? I, I root for everyone black, except I... 
I'm also discerning and I was not rooting for Mary J. I, I love her generally, but I was not rooting for her in that instance. I was also not rooting for Common, who like thinks he can rap all the time. I'm tired right. of him rapping. So, so this is so I got mad. I, I am I am really shocked by you right now, Aisha. No, Common is in my top five. Okay, com- so, but Common t- circa 2005 or Common now? Common is in my top five. Whatever. Until so I like I can't. Okay. Well, um, well, really quickly before we wrap up, mm-hmm. w- w- like what what were some of, of of your other highlights of wins or moments from the from the night? <sighs> Viola Davis Looks in that stunning. dress. Oh my god! Like she's always been somebody. Like she's she's always looked good, but it, she was just she was radiant. Like uh, that that was really just like she she looked great. Uh, the biggest surprise for me was Jordan Peele winning. Yeah. This uh, means so much to me. I I, I stopped writing this movie about 20 times because I thought it was impossible. I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought no one would ever make this movie. But I kept coming back to it because I knew if someone let me make this movie, that people would hear it and people would see it. So I want to dedicate this to all the people who raised my voice and let me make this movie. And I tweeted this, Aisha. Mm -hmm. I said, like, some of the old white voters looked at Get Out and that was a hell of a win. That was a hell of a win. That's the first yeah. uh, black winner of that the original screenplay award. Yeah, because yeah. I was I was I was thinking one of and and so his win, uh, and the fact that Greta Gerwig did not win anything, Lady Bird didn't win anything. I was I was a little taken aback by that because were you? I was not surprised. I uh, it was it was I did not think she was going to go home okay yeah. it just seemed like all the all the buzz all the hype i was i was expecting it to win i was expecting her and jordan peele to maybe split like the best director and i figured that shape of water would win yeah. the whole thing win best picture so i was kind of surprised by that but uh it's almost like lady bird was one of those movies where i went in excited to, to see it because i like greta gerwig but i was i was kind of taken aback at how uh, I related to it um, more than I thought that I would. Um, so, yeah, I I was I was uh, I was just like, oh, she didn't win, but Jordan Peele, like that was that was incredible. Yeah, I was that was really I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, a couple of my quick highlights were Coco winning Best Animated Feature, and I loved their speeches mm-hmm. and the fact that they were among the few uh, few actual winners who it really felt to mostly like the people of color winners who yeah. who actually said some political things and talked about the importance of 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 Mexican Mexico and Mexican mm-hmm. immigrants and and I thought that was great. Uh, I also loved a Fantastic Woman winning. I was very happy about which we talked about last week uh, in our last episode. But yeah, overall, it was it was an interesting night. And I, you know, it was way too long. I thought that that bit with them going to interrupt a wrinkle in dogs. time. Yeah. Oh, but, I was like, <laughs> you know, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you do the hot dog thing, yes. But you cut try to play people off. When they're talking about the the short film. And the Oscar goes to The Silent Child, Chris Overton and Rachel Shenson. It's like, yo, this guy's talking about this beautiful film that he made right. and you're trying to play him off. But lastly, my fiance, Rachel Shenton, uh, it's really your hard work for the last twelve years that has really made this project authentic. Thank you so much, guys. 
I don't know. I, did, I didn't like that part. I know. That's just the way the Oscars are. It's like the small, the quote-unquote smaller awards always get played mm-hmm. off. But anyway, we, we talked a lot about the Oscars. If y'all have thoughts on them, you should definitely share them on our Facebook, on our Twitter. And Chris, where can folks find you? You can find me at chrislamberth.com, Chris Lamberth on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you can catch me all over New York City doing shows and in the tri-state area and your podcast the mundane festival the mundane festival podcast and you can catch me on your tv screens catch me on jessica jones season two and uh, huh. tracy morgan's new show the last og that uh, jessica jones comes out march 8th the last og comes out in april so blinking you'll miss me parts but i'm there awesome thanks so much chris thanks so much for having me